0: Welcome to the 10th episode of Resuscitating the Business of Humanity. The title of this episode is Value, Wealth and Power. The date is March 25th, 2020. The location is Des Moines, Iowa. And I am Gary William Baer. It has been my experience that most people believe that the objects in our world have intrinsic value, inherent value. By that I mean that the car, the house, the land, the gold, the clothing, the airplane, whatever it is, people think that those things have inherent value. What this means is that they believe that there is a value inherent and intrinsic to those items, those objects, when in fact, this does not exist. The truth is that there is no intrinsic value in anything in the world. Now, when I have mentioned this to others in the past, they would argue with me and say, Well, don't you think this brick of gold or this diamond or surely this young child or man or woman have intrinsic or inherent value? And while I cannot argue that. I find value in the woman and the man and the child, in life in general, I also know that there are those who do not. Because if there was intrinsic value in the things of the world, each of us, you and I and everyone else, would relate to that value in the same way. But we don't. The reason for this is that value is much like beauty. It lies in the eyes of the beholder. But we live in a society which would tell us otherwise, would make us believe that there is intrinsic value in the things of the world, and that the value is out there, not in us, but out there. And because of that, we also believe that wealth and power exists independent of us. But neither of those considerations are correct. All of it comes from us, from me, from you, and everyone else. Now, in trying to explain this, I would use the analogy of a man and a woman, a family, let's say, that own a home, Somewhere in the world, in a subdivision or in a community. And they have this beautiful apple tree in their backyard. And they make apple sauce, apple bread, apple pies, apple jams. Uh, They make all kinds of apple fritters and wonderful things because they love the apples. And it's because they value the experience of the apple that to them, the apple and the apple tree has value. But it comes from them because at the same time, they could be living in a community where no one likes apples. Don't have an interest in it. No dried apples, no apple pies, no apple strudel. They don't care. Has no value for them. And they don't think about the fact that the value being present or not has anything to do with them. And what I mean by that is that we don't think, you don't think normally about where the value is. But the point of this conversation is to talk about the fact that it all comes from us. Now, in the same way, there's a correlation or a direct relationship between value and wealth. So, in that same community where this family has this lovely apple tree, let's say they've got 10 acres of land and they've got one apple tree and they're in a community where at the present moment, no one likes apples except for them, but someone comes by and they offer them apple cider or apple juice or vinegar to make with their salads and all of a sudden, there's this growing sense of other people in the community placing value on the apples, and so there becomes a demand on that family, on that 10 acres to share more of their wonderful apples. So they grow more trees and you know, time it takes time for the tree to grow and to become fruit bearing, but you have a situation now where they've got 100 trees on their 10 acres. And not only in the local community, but in the extended community, many, many people place value on the apples and they buy or trade those trade for those apples. And the family that had one tree now has a hundred and they have what is considered wealth. Wealth becomes a reality. When a large number of people place value in the same thing, this is why gold is of value, or why a bearer bond is of value, or anything in society is of value. It's because people have an unspoken agreement that if we all place value on the same thing, those who have it, in abundance are considered wealthy because those who have it not in abundance have to go to those who have it to get it. And this is how wealth is created. It's by an agreement. Now, in the same way that it is created, it can also be unmade, whereby the people, the same people who place value in that object of the world, if they lose interest in it, then Their value diminishes and so does the wealth. And I want to talk about this because we live in a culture where we are taught that this tennis shoe or that jersey or that car or that alcohol or, you know, and the rarity of these things create the value of it and those who possess those things are wealthy by virtue of the fact that they have it in abundance or certainly more than I do, or you do, or others do. But what is overlooked in this process is that the very nature of wealth exists because of an agreement, a hidden agreement between those who have something and those who want something whereby the group has created value in one thing. And the same thing is true of power. All the time we read books or magazines or watch television programs or movies, and we are presented with people, men and women, governments, organizations, that are referred to as being very powerful. They have tremendous power. And like value and wealth, power is not intrinsic. In fact, in a very real way, no person has more power than any other in and of themselves. The way power is aggregated is by other people abdicating a portion of their personal authority, their their will to choose. They abdicate it in favor of another person or another organization. And therein lies that power. And it is okay that a group can come together. I I do believe it is okay for a group to come together and to collectively have power through their numbers. But the person who is at the head of that organization, he he or she has no more power than you do. They just have what's been lent to them. And at any point in time, that power can be withdrawn. And that's the case with governments, the case with corporations, the case with organizations. It's it's important to understand this because we forget where the power is. And we are um, presented and educated in society to think that it lies any place but with us, and that we don't have any unless we have an organization. A corporation or some group of people behind us, but this is not true. The power is always within us, and the value of something is always a function of our placing it there. It doesn't exist intrinsically. No one has nothing has intrinsic value. There's no intrinsic wealth, and there's no intrinsic power beyond what we experience for ourselves. And another thing about this, people who are truly powerful or truly wise or truly intelligent, they don't think of themselves in those words. They're just being natural. They're just, it's just their natural way of relating to the world. And it's something that other people imbue them with or bestow upon them, or invest in them, that creates that sense of value, of wealth and power. I think this is very important to understand because the hidden agreement by which wealth and power is aggregated in society. in coming from ourselves, in being a function of this hidden agreement, it operates in society in the same way that a belief operates in you and I. By that I mean, we all have different beliefs about the things in the world and we place value in those beliefs, and it's through our placing the value in the belief that it has power in our life. But we have so many beliefs, we forget that the belief is operating, we just experience its power in our life, and we forget that we can simply change our belief and withdraw the power it has in our life and in the same way when you go from a human being as an individual to a social being like a society or a community that is comprised of many people what takes pl- the place of the belief on the individual now as the collective are these agreements and even even laws Legislation, rules, and regulations that are practiced in society are a belief on the level of the group in the same way that there exist beliefs on the level of the individual. And it, what's interesting to note is that we don't remember that these beliefs are operating. We don't think that when we use a dollar bill or we drive on this side of the road, or we pay our taxes, or that we um, go to the grocery store and we come up to the counter to pay for the groceries. We forget that we're operating a belief that we've agreed to, and therein lies its power, because we all do it, and we do it without thinking about it. And since this uh, virus has come forward and we've been asked to not go to work and not be in public places and to keep six feet away. We we do these things because we believe that those who are asking us to do it have power to do so. And the power that they have is power that we have given them. And it is also the same power that only exists as long as it is given to them, and at some point in time, other people will take the role that we have afforded them. Or a point in time will occur when the agreement, the unconscious agreement, by which this organization or that entity has power will be withdrawn and then the value that that organization, or that person, or that entity seem to have in our lives, dissolves. The the entire point of this discussion, the entire thrust of this episode is to drive home the understanding That the value, the wealth, and the power that we see operating in the world is not a static, dead thing. And that value and that power, rather, and that value and that wealth and that power does not exist independent of us. It is dependent, in fact, upon us. And in it is exercised every day. Every day we have to operate in such a way that we sustain that agreement by which this has value, that creates wealth, and that has power. And this can never be divested of us. We can never be separated from this capacity to choose to place value on this thing that creates wealth over here, that invests power over there. It can never be taken from us in the same way that our sovereign authority to decide may never be removed from us, but we can be made to believe that it resides somewhere else. And the only point of this episode is to remind you that you alone have the authority to place value in your life on the things that are important to you. You alone are responsible for what constitutes wealth and power in your world. And I encourage you to be mindful of this as you make the decisions that are coming to you as the world begins to change. It will not change unless you and I and everyone else decide that it will and how it will. And so we should never abdicate. Our vision of how we want the world to be for any other person's persuasion or any narrative presented that says you only have this choice or that choice. That is never the case. It only becomes a reality when you believe it to be so and you surrender what you can surrender, which is your. Act of will, your use of your own sovereign authority, your own expression or capacity to place value in something or to empower another person, organization, or situation. This is all that I have to say about value, wealth, and power.